Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The word of God from the Old Testament reading from 2 Kings chapter 2, where we read as follows. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water was parted to one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. This is God's word. So obviously the parallels between Elijah and Jesus' ascension are clear. One minute, standing with their beloved students, Elisha in the case of, in the case of Elijah, the disciples in the case of Jesus, and then gone, taken from them. What it must have been like to see someone you love and care for taken from you in such a way, not by sickness or disease, by death, but instead carried up into glory. Heaven's gain for sure when the Lord gathers his own to his kingdom. And the people behind are left with loss. And certainly Elijah would have been, in very real sense, a loss for the people of Israel. Elijah is the greatest of all the prophets. He's the one who showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses alongside Jesus as Jesus was revealed in his glory. Elijah famously contended with the prophets of Baal. On Mount Carmel, when they each lit fires, lit, tried to have fires called down from heaven from their gods. And Elijah showed that the true God prevailed over the false God of Baal. That would have certainly been a loss to Israel, who were a nation wandering about, chasing after Baal. And other false gods. Practicing all kinds of wickedness. They needed the preaching that Elijah came to bring. And I need to keep the name straight a little bit in this reading. Elijah has one who he's been bringing up, training to follow him. And his name is Elisha. And after Elijah's been taking from him, Elisha picks up Elijah's cloak, strikes the water with it, and says, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? It would be tempting to think that Elijah's exit from this world means that somehow the Lord has left his people. It would be tempting to think Because Jesus has ascended into heaven and now sits at God's right hand. That somehow we've been abandoned. Elisha, we read, takes up Elijah's cloak in the old King James English. It doesn't call it his cloak. It calls it 
his mantle. You've heard the phrase, carry on the mantle for someone. It means to take up what another has left behind for someone else to do. Elisha takes up Elijah's cloak, his mantle, and strikes the water. And just as had it done for Elijah, the water parts and Elisha crosses. And we see that though Elijah's gone, nothing's really changed. Of course, the Lord had never left his people and he never does leave his people. Elisha would go on to continue to speak the word that Elijah had spoken. The word would continue to be heard in Israel and make no mistake about it. Whatever befell Israel, even when their temple was destroyed, their city knocked down, and they were hauled off into exile, they never lost the word. They never lost having a God who speaks forth to them. The spirit of Elijah, they said, rests on Elisha. In other words, the word continues to go forth. God continues to speak. It should not be any surprise to you by now, for we say it often, that the Lord God is where his word is found. It's for that reason that the psalmist routinely says the phrase in the Psalms, the word of the Lord endures forever. You've probably heard that phrase. Have you ever noticed, though, that it's taking the word and speaking about it in divine terms? God endures forever. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit endure forever. But also does the word. The word was there in the beginning when God spoke forth creation out of nothing, the word was there to confront the people with their sins and to comfort them with God's sure promise every step of the way. St. John would remind us that Jesus is the word made flesh, the word with skin, the word that lives and eats and breathes and even dies, that he might take his life up again. Our Lord Jesus called his disciples to be his witnesses. You will be my witnesses, he said, in Jerusalem and Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, his disciples would go forth to speak the word, to tell of all that they had seen. 
that God had visited his people in Jesus Christ, that he had died for the sins of the world, that he had risen victorious from the grave. And as the angels reminded those disciples, he would come again in the same way in which they saw him leave. Jesus gave authority to the apostles, to his church, to us, to speak the word. Has Jesus left his church? Not by a long shot. Where else would you reign over the earth than from heaven, than from the right hand of the Father? It's where he belongs. Because the one who has risen is our King of kings and Lord of lords. But even then, he's still with his church. As the word went forth, the mantle passed from Elijah to Elisha. So Christ called his apostles, and his apostles have shared the word throughout the ages to us even here today. Where is the Lord? You need to ask yourself only, where is the word? For the two will be in the same place because they are one and the same. Where else would the church be as it waits for her Lord than dwelling in the word where he is with them to love them, forgive them, promise them hope and salvation? Where else would you want to be as we wait for our Lord's return? Dwell in the word that delivers Jesus for you in your place, for your salvation. Dwell in the word and know your Lord is with you always, even until the end of the age. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.